1: Welcome to episode 217 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Now, I want you to listen to that again. This is episode number 217. That turns out to be a very significant number for today's guest. You see, she introduced another. Former guest to the Always Andy's Mom podcast. She introduced Alex's mom. And Alex's mom told her story way back on episode 166. And after she did so, she said to Jackie, It's your turn next. But Jackie said, Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it turns out it just wasn't the right time for her yet. And even when she wrote to me this past week, I didn't think she would be episode number 217. Because actually, I had a guest lined up for 216 who decided that she wanted to put things off and not record until after the holidays. So I ended up offering that slot to three different people, hoping that one person might take me up on the offer. Well, it turns out all three did. So The first one to take me up on the offer was my guest from last week. So that ended up being 216. And then next week's guest, Devin's parents, wrote back and said that they were also interested in being on right away. And so they were penciled in as 217. And then Jackie wrote back and Jackie said, oh, I think that would work for me. And in fact, I want to do it on Tuesday, the day before Devin's parents are recording. So suddenly they get moved to 218 and she's 217. And I tell you that's a significant number because after we stopped recording, I told her what episode number she would be. And she said, really? I said, yes, 217. She said, because her son, Dane, died on February 17th, 217." So even though she could have been 168 or 216 or 218, she wasn't. This episode is 217. So I just want you to remember that and remember how the timing just works out perfectly sometimes. But before we listen to Jackie, I do have another piece of housekeeping information, and that is to again announce this upcoming live stream. So the next live stream with Gwen will be just before Thanksgiving here in the United States. It will be on Tuesday, November 21st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are going to make this episode a little different than ones we've done in the past in that we are going to give you some prompts, some questions that you can kind of answer and give us some information ahead of time. So I am going to read aloud three of them this week and three of them last week. And I went through all six questions at the last live stream if you missed that one. So you can also listen to them then and I will also post them to social media. So remember, you can see the live stream on the Always Andy's Mom Facebook page, the Always Andy's Mom YouTube channel, or the Grief Guide Facebook page. So here are your prompts for this week The first prompt is, the first thing that comes to my mind at Thanksgiving is, second one, the top of my thanks list is, and the third and final one, what specific part of the Thanksgiving season are you dreading? So be sure to submit those questions or those answers to us. You can write to me, Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, at andysmom.com. Also, if you don't have time to do it ahead of time, just come on the live stream and post your answers right there in the chat, because we love to be able to have a lot of participation and talk about these answers. So right now, though, just sit back and enjoy listening to Jackie, Dane's mom. Thank you so much Jackie for agreeing to come on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today.
2: Thank you for allowing this.
1: I'm I'm nervous and excited. So, well, I think that's those are both good emotions to have. I understand the nervousness, although you don't have to be, but the excitement is good too. I I know you wrote to me just a little bit ago actually and you were talking about your son Dane and how much my Andy reminded you of him and how similar they seemed. And as you wrote, I was thinking the same thing. Oh my word, they're so much alike. So it was pretty fun to be able to read that. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about him, Yeah, hearing about a boy so much like my own.
2: Every time you've spoken about Andy, I I just think, oh wow, that sounds so much like who Dane was. Yeah. Yeah, very, very similar.
1: So why don't you start out by just talking about your son, Dane?
2: Okay. Dane was, he's the youngest of our four kids. And there's quite, we our kids are pretty spread out. Our oldest is now 25. Okay. And then I have a 20 year, so 25 year old son, Blake, 20 year old daughter, Olivia. Reese just turned 18. And then Dane would be 13, which is crazy. He passed away when he was 11, just shy of being 12. Okay. So,
1: so he was the baby, and by
2: by quite a
1: bit. About four years, a little over four years, but yeah, so four years in school. But the, but the oldest brother was the big protector then, because he was quite a bit older. Yes, and he's amazing.
2: He was born to be a big brother. Yeah, so that we always joke, the first and the last weren't exactly planned. The two in the middle <laughs> were planned. The oldest yes. was a little, We, my husband was in chiropractic school, Actually, he hadn't even started chiropractic school. We just weren't exactly ready to start the journey of parenthood, although I always wanted kids. I couldn't wait. We just didn't think that was the right time, but God decided it was time. So we had Blake early, and then we waited. on. Yeah, we waited. It was five years between... Blake and Olivia, mm-hmm. just because th- we thought maybe we should be out of school and start making some money before we brought another child. into the <laughs> Continue the- to have a bigger
1: family. Yes, yes. Yes.
2: Yes. And then we planned to have Reese. And then I actually had a miscarriage. Okay. And that kind of threw me just about a year and a half after I had Reese. And so then I thought, and eh, maybe this, maybe I should be done. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe it just kind of was nervous about getting pregnant
1: well and it's so painful to have a miscarriage right to lose a baby and you think it was and and suddenly you realize that can happen yeah and then it gets scary and then you think I don't want to go through that again so maybe I should just be happy with my three right
2: yeah. yep and then Reese turned three and we were kind of back and forth so we have another one should we not and then we were like gosh it's so nice we're not bringing diapers and you just bring a little tiny bag with a, you know, some snacks in it and you don't have to bring a diaper bag. Yeah. And then we were like, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're going to call it. I think we're happy and content. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then God said, surprise. (laughs) So we had Dane and he Mm -hmm. was the perfect ending. He and Blake, my oldest, we call them the bookends are so much alike.
1: Yeah.
2: Very anxious little kiddos both mama's boys. Dane did struggle a little bit with anxiety. Mm -hmm. He, change was hard for him. So sixth grade was a new school. He didn't have classes with some of his close, close buddies. He had a lot of friends, a lot, a lot of friends, but he kept his close friends close. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it's interesting after he passed, how many kids were like, he was my best friend. So he made everybody feel like he was their best friend, but he he truly had a couple that he just kind of calmed him. He needed to be with them. If there was a birthday party, he'd be like, mom, text Karsten's mom or text Drew's mom and find out who's going to be there. Like, are they going to... So he just needed, he always needed to know the plan. Yeah. He needed to know what things were going to look like ahead of time. And he often would come to me and say, and I didn't catch on right away. He'd say, mom, I'm having that feeling. And that was usually like an anxious right? Like, Oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. So every night we would, I would kneel by his bed. We would say our prayers and we talk about, okay, this is what tomorrow's going to look like. This is what, these are your specials for tomorrow. This is what, just to kind of talk him down. School was a big worry. What if I don't get something done? What if there's a, if there was a assignment or a project that would really send him into a tailspin? So we worked closely with his guidance counselor at school and then he also had a counselor outside of school that just like his own counselor that he talked to that was amazing just the week that he passed on he passed away on a Thursday Monday we had conferences and he was really close with his advisory teacher and his advisory teacher said dude like you're killing it and he's like do you worry about coming to school anymore and Dana's like "Mm, I don't not as much and he's like good he's like there are some kids who probably should worry about coming to school because they never have their homework done. They were up too late playing video games. He's like, you are not one of those, my friend. You're doing amazing. And like the smile when we walked out of that, his school that day was, he was just beaming. And yeah, I could tell things were going in the right direction. And Tuesday we had a counselor meeting with his counselor, Tony, and we always go in together first for like 10 minutes. And we talk all three of us. And then I go to the waiting room and then Tony and Dane would talk. And Tony's he came out after their session and he goes, tell your mom what I said. He's like, he's got a little homework. And I was like, oh, okay. And Dane just smiled. He goes, keep doing what I'm doing. And he's like, he's doing great, mom. And I was like, I can, I can feel we're on a, he's kind of figured out sixth grade. So this is all in February and then Wednesday he left to go to the Black Hills with my husband and then he passed away on Thursday. So, I mean, it couldn't have been a better week.
1: Yeah. And that reminds me so much of my Andy too, which I know because my Andy, I I think that was probably the best week of his life Same. the week before he died. Yeah. I mean, he got named a starter on the soccer team. He was having a great time at orientation for high school. He'd made lots of new friends I mean, he was just flying high. I just felt like, man, he's he's got it. He's going to fit in in this school. Yes. He, you know, it's a new school, and that can be kind of scary, but his older sister was there, and she had talked to all the teachers about him and was so excited and talked to her friends about him and, you know, had even introduced some of them at, at the orientation when the upperclassmen went in to sign up for classes. They could see some of the freshmen, and he was just... He just seemed good, like so good.
2: That's how I felt too. Yes. Yeah. And from where we started sixth grade, I mean, he was, I w- he wouldn't get on the bus a couple times. I'd have to take him. Then he wouldn't want to get out of the car. He would, um, when his anxiousness, he would feel like he was going to throw up and he had such a strong gag reflex that he would like, sometimes throw up. And so I just knew if i had to give him a ride to school i wasn't gonna get him out of the car yeah he did better with my husband just because i think yeah. he wanted to just sit with me and he knew he knew it was hard for me to like go oh, i'm not real good at that tough love yeah <laughs> i'm a little bit more of a softy so i think but he also needed me like
1: yeah
2: sometimes at night even up until i mean he was almost 12 when he passed he would still come sit in the recliner, my rocking chair, and it's an oversized one. And he would try to sit right next to me and I'd have to like yeah. be all smooshed. And he just sit there and watch TV. Like he just wanted to be right by me.
1: Yep. And he was that way too. Like my husband and I would be like laying on, on, on our bed and he would climb up and this is all the way really until about he died and he died at 14. He would come up, climb between the two of us and he'd say, okay, make an Andy sandwich because he'd want my husband and I to hug with him in the middle. Yes. So he would be the sandwich because he just always wanted to be with us, you know?
2: Yes. He would have preferred to be home with family than anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to go in now and talk about what happened to Dane?
2: Yeah. So as I said, that week before when everything was going so great, it was President's Weekend, Mm -hmm. going into President's Weekend, I think. Is that in February?
1: Should be. That's in February. Yeah. Okay.
2: And that's what it was. And so some of the neighbor guys, Dane has a really great group of friends and they've I mean, they've known each other from kindergarten up until sixth grade. They did get separated a little bit. There was like different programs at the school. They had like a traditional program, the advanced program, and then kind of like an individualized program that this that our district does. And so Dane went 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 traditional, and a lot of his friends did the individualized. So that was why he was always so nervous because he didn't have any of his buddies with him. But they still did a lot of stuff together. They were on a lot of the sports teams together, and the dads you know all knew each other well so one of them decided to do a boys weekend like a boys trip snowmobiling and in the black hills mm-hmm. and so they left wednesday after they got home got home from school and so i was i was here I remember exactly i remember really yeah I remember that last hug yeah and not thinking i worry about everything i'm a worrier Um, As soon as I had kids, I was like, oh my gosh, this is scary. What if something would happen? What if I was just always one of those parents that worried a lot. And so, especially as I got to be driving and that always scared me. So I was worried about the drive there. The weather wasn't bad. In fact, um, out in the Black Hills, they had not had any snow hardly. So they didn't even know if they were going to be able to snowmobile. Well, just that week they got dumped on. So they're like, okay, we can go. And so my husband and my son took off after school that day and they got there that Wednesday night, told me that they made it to spearfish. Everything was good. I thanked him for texting and letting me know they made it safely. And I talked to him in the morning. And so I talked to my husband the next morning and he was waking up, just getting Dane up for the day. They were going to go snowmobiling and mm-hmm. just have a fun day. And, um, I didn't get to hear Dane. He just, he's like, yeah, he's being stubborn. He doesn't want to get out of bed. Cause they stayed up late. The night before and then my husband had was driving a snowmobile and they kind of were taking turns dads were leading he was driving my dane was behind him and rob came up around it was kind of he said it well it didn't even seem scary but it was kind of a ledge and there was a corner and so he kind of like came up and then went to let you know like slow down to go over the curve and he hit ice and so it didn't slow down and he and then when he turned you know how Ices, the snowmobile didn't turn and it went down off this ledge. And it was probably 10 feet. And Rob yelled, jump. And the way the snowmobile was, Dane's legs were kind of down in it. And he would have had to hop up onto the seat and then jump. And I don't, hey, I don't think he heard Rob. And second, he didn't. So he was still in the snowmobile, but they, the snowmobile and Dane's head hit a tree. So he died on impact. So my husband had to do CPR. Um, One of the other dads came up on it and got all the other kids out of the way, but they were all of his good buddies were there. Yeah. So that happened. And then my husband didn't have service. So I didn't, I was working that afternoon. I'm a preschool teacher and I got kind of a strange text from him about, he just asked I do um, hot yoga sculpt. And he asked me if I was at yoga and it was like at three, there is a time change different. so I don't know if he was just confused but he's like are you at yoga right now and I was like he knows that I'm teaching preschool so I was like that was weird I was like no and he's like okay don't go to yoga I want you to go home and help me find something so then I was like okay so I ran home after yoga tried to call him tried to call him wouldn't go through And then it was like, we were playing phone tag and I finally left and I was like, dude, I'm going to go to yoga. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you need, but I'm just going to go because I'm home by myself and I was bored. So I got to my yoga class and he called me and he's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm at yoga. And he's like, I need you to go home and get something. And I was like, no, I'll do it when I, I'll find whatever, when I, when I get home, but I'm already here. I'm already, and I could just hear in his voice, something was wrong. And so That's how I found out. And he wanted me to go home. I did not want to go home. Yeah. So I'm a little stubborn
1: that way. He just didn't want you to be having to drive afterwards. Mm
2: -hmm. He didn't want me to be, I think so too. And it's really close. Actually, the studio is right in my neighborhood. But a good friend of mine was with me when I found out. She kind of got me home.
1: Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it was probably better that you weren't totally by yourself, though. I think that too. Because had you been, had you been home alone, wow, well, I, I don't know. I mean.
2: Yeah, I agree. Cause she, she kind of picked up the phone.
1: I called, you know, my
2: mom and uh, I think, actually, I don't even know if I called my sister. I made a couple phone calls, but she, she took on the rest. I called all of the kids. Yeah. The only one that was, my daughter was in college and my son, uh, my oldest son lives In Sioux Falls, but in his own house. And so I was so afraid to tell my daughter and then have her drive home. Right. So I called her roommates and told them so they could get her in the car and go pick her up from work. And then my son Reese was at the gym and I told him he just needed to come home right away. He was like, Why? And I was like, I'll tell you when you get here, I just need you to come home. So I did make those phone calls, but then my friend Gretchen just took over and called everybody
1: else. Yeah, that's that's what you need then. Yeah. Someone to do that.
2: And I don't think had I been home alone, I would have thought to call her. I don't know what I would have done. I really don't
1: I don't I don't know either. I yeah. I mean that it's The whole thing is just so, so awful, and you can't think of what would be a good scenario. I totally understand why your husband thought. I want her to be home so that she's not out driving. Right. But obviously, since you were there with a friend, it ended up being much, much better, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So then I didn't get to see Dane until, so actually, this is kind of, Rob brought Dane home in the back of our Jeep. and Out in the Jeep, and Dane loved the Jeep. I don't know how he convinced the coroner or whoever in Spearfish to allow that. But, yeah, he laid down the back seats and brought Dane home by himself. Wow. So then I met him at the funeral home here in Sioux Falls when I got into town.
1: Oh, my word. Yeah. So was that, did he have to wait a little bit of time or was he able to do it? You
2: know, he did, yep. So he had day. to spend the night there. He got, he just got a, a room in a hotel that night. And, you know, all of the dads were calling me and my friend Gretchen like, okay, what are we going to do? How, do we, how are we going to get him home? They didn't want Rob to be by himself. And Rob was adamant that he wanted to be by himself with Dane. And so two of the dads followed in their trucks. It was kind of like a little... Mm-hmm. Caravan, kind of. Yeah, Yeah.
1: because that's a quite a drive, actually. You don't. It's like it. six hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think it's in the same state, so it would be close, but South Dakota is big. I, yes, I know it takes a long time. Right, and they're on opposite ends of the state. So, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. All of that was such a blur. Yeah, and that all happened. And my family's very close. I have a big family. They all live. St- they're all still in Iowa. And that night and into the next early morning, they all just. You know, the house was full. It's all such a blur. Really, really. is just that.
1: Yeah,
2: um, there was just a lot of I remember there was a lot of people here for a long time. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. We had no there was no lack of support for us. Our community was amazing. Our families were amazing. You know, and even up until today, you know, I hear some people say how, you know, friends started to drop off. And I will definitely say there have been relationships that have changed. And some of it, some of it, I do feel like people just keep thinking like, oh, I just can't wait till she's back to normal. Right. You know, like, I want the old Jackie back or, and I think what they don't know is this is the new me, right? Like, yeah,
1: the old Jackie can't come back. The old
2: Jackie can't come back. No,
1: you, you just can't like undo this huge life-changing event that happened. Yes. So you, you're never going to be the same right as you were before and I don't know
2: when a trigger when something's going to remind you know and I do have a hard time with a lot of Dane's friends moms yeah love them dearly and they've been great but to just they're like you need to come down and sit over here I mean I remember one the summer after Dane passed they wanted me to come down and I just thought it was the moms and there was three moms and myself so four four moms and then the three boys were all there and I didn't know the little boys were going to be there and they were playing can jam and they were like, it's not fun. We need a fourth kid. This isn't fun. Like we need to find one more player. And like, I don't even know if they thought of it the way I did, but I was just like, I know who the fourth player is supposed to be. Yeah. And I made it about 20 minutes. And then I was like, ah, I'm sorry. Like I just, and they're like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? What? you?" You know? And I was just like this, yeah, I can't sit here and watch your three boys play together when I, Dane's supposed to be out there playing with them and he's not. And it was just, right. I was like, that's a, I even told, came home and told my husband, I was like, that's going to be a tough group for me. Yeah, I can, I can text. I can meet every once in a while one-on-one if I see them somewhere in passing, but to, to get together as a group like that, and then sit and talk about our boys. Well,
1: can't do that anymore. No, no. Yeah, that happened to me not too long ago, actually. Well, it was last winter. And we were going to go over to this house. And it was Andy's former soccer coach. And I knew there was go- that Andy's best friend's parents were going to come. I th- I think I knew that. But it turns out it wasn't just them. So we get there. We're like, the first ones there and then suddenly other parents from the soccer team started showing up and I just looked at Erica was like what it what is this this is not I mean I had gotten myself really I mean I was not excited to go see those two couples but now when it's not just two couples and they're all coming and you know their boys at that time they had all graduated they were all talking about them being away at their first year of college and you know reminiscing about the soccer days but wow I mean it was just so incredibly painful I ended up locking myself in the bathroom and like dry heaving in there for a long time and then I came out I mean it was just like I don't know what to do I don't know what to do because I wasn't prepared for that and I didn't know it was going to be like that you know
2: Yes, and that's one thing I always feel like when we get invited somewhere, I always want to know like who's going to be there, yeah. Who like what? What is this going to look like? So I can, I don't know, prepare myself mentally. Mm-hmm. I would say like I have, I have my safe people, <clears throat> right? right. Like, okay, is this person or this person, this person going to be there. Okay. If they're going to be there, I can do it. And I will just stand next to them and they can kind of like, yeah, help me out. You know, if I, and they're like, if we need to go, just say the word and we're gone. No questions asked. I'm like, okay, that's. And I know I have probably hurt people's feelings when I'm like, you know, I think everybody thinks they're my safe person. Right. I have a lot of people who assume, well, no, it's okay. I'm going to, I'll be there. And I'm like, Oh no, that's great. But.
1: Yeah, that, like that's actually not helpful. I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> I know. And you're very nice. I but I just need somebody to know that if I just say, I can't. Yeah. I'm not going to hurt their feelings. I'm not going to ruin their night. We can just go. No questions asked.
1: Um, yeah. I've had events that I've just left, I've had some that I have left my husband to find a ride home with someone else because I can't stay. Yes. And I know he desperately wants to, because it's very hard on him. It it was, I mean, it's getting better, I would say now, but it was, it's been so hard on him when I feel like I can't commit to do the things that he really wants to still do. Right. You know? Yep. But for me... My my anxiety just goes, just cranks up about eighteen notches. I know.
2: You know. And it's then so- what
1: does that make me think of? What does that make me think of? Andy, just he, right? be- and for you, Dean, right? Yeah. Because that's what we dealt with with our boys—is their anxiety and helping to calm them down. And now it's me. Now it's no. me having those feelings. I told Dean I didn't used to have like that.
2: In my head, I'll talk to him and be like, buddy, I'm having that feeling. I have that feeling right now. Yeah. Sometimes it's at the grocery store. Sometimes it's at Costco. And, you know, it's funny. It was a I I think it was last week or the week before at Costco. They had these little Adidas, like sweatshirts and matching sweatpants. Okay. It's been a long time since I bought matching clothes for my, for Reese and Dane. But I saw those and I remembered. Oh, I remember buying those for the boys when they were little. And then, oh, like. It was like a gut punch, and then I felt like I couldn't breathe, and I'm at Costco, and all I wanted to do was get out of there. I just wanted to leave. Just
1: run out of the store, yeah.
2: I just want to leave. I don't want to be here. Would I be buying those Adidas matching clothes for the boys at 13 and 17? No. (laughs) But it brought me back to a time when I had Reese and Dane, and they were, you know, for even being four years apart, they were, and I think because they were the close two boys. Yeah in, you know, not closest in age, Reese and Olivia are closest in age, but Reese or Dane looked up.
1: But with the same sex and yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Same sex, same, yes. And same interests, like sports. They fought like crazy and they loved like crazy. And so I just think like, you know, instantly brought me back to the, and we used to call them the two little boys. Like I'll take the the two olders. You take the two little boys. Like that was kind of how we divided and conquered when the kids were younger. Yeah. Reese and Dane were always together. Like, in fact, I used to say either Day Reese or Reed Dane because I would always be calling one of them, and I'd call the rot and I'd be yeah. like reet Dane, D- Dane, or you know, like Date Reese, and they're like Day Reese. I'm like, stop. You know what I meant. But I feel like I always said recent Dane, recent Dane, time to eat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then, you know, that just took me back to the recent Dane, recent Dane days. And I couldn't escape Costco. And then I would run into somebody and I quick put on this little like, oh my gosh, hey, good to see you. And then I'd be like, my heart's racing. And then as soon as they would like pass by, I'd be like, okay, wipe the tears, take a breath. And I just think this is why people in grief think you're crazy. Th- I think I'm crazy. Yeah. Because I'm quickly drying my eyes. Oh my gosh. Hey, good to see you. Yes. Yep. Have a great day. And then I back to like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <sighs> just take a breath. I'm going to have a panic attack in Costco and then smile again when you see somebody. Oh, hey. Oh, and I just wanted to run out of that stupid store. And wow. Right. I'm like, that's why home is the safest.
1: Yeah. Home is the safest. And that's how Dane felt.
2: Home is the safest.
1: Yeah. 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 It's funny. I uh, as, as much as it was annoying to have to wear a mask all the time in the pandemic, holy cow. It was kind of nice sometimes too. Because you can hide so much, uh-huh. hide so much when you're grieving like that. So, mm, mm, mm.
2: yeah, I there are still times I keep my sunglasses on in the store. Not that it probably yeah. helps anything, but it in my head I just think
1: you feel more hidden. I feel more hidden. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we I, it was funny because I get a text this morning. <laughs> and I get a text from my friend, Stephanie, who has been on the podcast because she's Alex's mom. <laughs> and obviously, I know that Stephanie's from Sioux Falls, but Sioux Falls is a big community. So I never asked you if you knew Stephanie or Stephanie, if she knew you. But I get a text from her today saying, hey, I hear you're interviewing my good friend Jackie today. And I... I just realized what kind of a small world we live in
2: right? when
1: that kind of stuff happens. So I want to talk, I want you to talk a little bit about that relationship and what that has been to you and your grief. Cause I think it's been a lot.
2: She's my, one of my safe people for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Alex and my middle son, Reese were friends and played baseball together. And so they they were pretty good friends, and but I was just kind of starting to get to know Steph and her family, you know, at the games, like, oh. Right. And again, I knew who Steph was. Steph knew who I was. Our boys are the same ages. Her older son and my daughter were in the same grade, same class. So we knew each other, but we didn't know. We, we were more like friendly acquaintances. Mm-hmm. But then when um, Alex passed, that hit me hard, just trying to imagine what Oh, my gosh, what she could go through watching Reese grieve his yes. friend. Yeah. That was hard for me. Um, I worried about everything with Reese. Alex was such a such a neat kid. He was so, so smart. He was so kind. Uh, he was such a good friend. In fact, I remember Alex was a year older than Reese, and there was a couple other boys on his team that were a year older, and I was kind of worried when he used to play video games with them and all of a sudden he was like hanging out with these older boys. And I thought, oh, sometimes those older boys, they might get you in trouble, buddy. I don't. And so I asked him one, one night, um, you know, tell me about I'm like I know I knew actually Alex the best. The other two I didn't know. And I and he goes, Well, he's like, they're just so cool, mom. He's like, last night when we were playing video games, we just turned the game on, off and kept our mics on, and we talked about um faith, our faith, and how. Wow. And I was like, wait, that that's what you were talking about? And he's like, Yeah. He's and so then I was like, Okay. Yeah. These boys, you can hang out with them anytime you want. They sound <laughs> like great kids. Older? That's okay. No big deal. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was a that was a tricky thing for me just because, you know, Alex was going through his own battle that we didn't know about. And so then after Dane passed, a friend of mine called Steph and told her what happened. And um, Steph came over that night to sit with me. And Alex had only been gone five months. He'd only been gone five months. And you know, now looking back, you know, I'm a uh, over a little over a year and a half into my journey. Looking back five months, whew, she was still yeah. She was still thick in her grief.
1: She was still in shock.
2: She was still in shock, exactly. Yeah. And she came over and you know, she has been looking out for me since day one. And I think just having another mom who gets it. Yeah. She does we do yoga together and yoga has been a big I got I was able to go back to yoga after finding out there. And it's not like relaxing yoga. This is like hot yoga sculpt. We're like burpees, weights, jumping jacks, squats, all of that in a really hot room. So it's it's not your relaxing yoga, but it's just good for me to sweat out that mm-hmm. yuck. And I, I got Steph to go there with me. And I said, you know, the nice place, it's dark. This place is amazing. It's dark, loud. And you're sweating so much. People don't know if you're sweating or crying. I was like, I cry almost every time I go there. And nobody knows it. Yeah. Like you can cry and nobody has a clue you're crying. And I can be mad. And yeah, doesn't matter. I used to say things like, when I'm like pretending to like punch to the like beat of the music, I used to pretend I was punching the devil. Like, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> you. <laughs> if I've got to hate somebody, I'm going to hate you. And I'm going to pretend I'm punching you. Like, and so I got stuff to go there. So she's my yoga buddy. She's, we go to grief group together. Now Um we walk together. Uh Yeah. She, you know, there's nothing like another mom who knows mm-hmm. what you're going through. And if I plan on doing something and I have to bail or we're She's planning on doing something and she'll just be like, you know what? It's not a good day. We're like, yep, get, I get it. No judgment here. Right. Because you can wake up and think you're having a good day and a song comes on the radio or a smell of the change of the season, whatever. Who knows? A rainy day can be enough and you're like, mm, yep, it's not a good day anymore. Right? Thought it was going to be a good day, but it turns out it's not. Right. And it may end up being good again later, too. Right. I' remember when people would ask me, "How was your day?" And I thought, oh gosh, what what moment? What part? right You're right? Because right. it, oh, oh. like, it was a yo-yo. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can have moments where I think, oh, I'm feeling really good. I think whew, I can breathe. this is a great, this is a great day. And then yes, it can turn so fast. Steph told, in fact she tells me all the time, just remember when you're having a really hard day, feelings come and go. Yeah. And you're going to get through it. And Because sometimes when you're having a tough time, it just seems like you're going to be, sometimes I still think like, am I ever going to feel quote unquote normal? Mm-hmm. Is it ever going to be lifted? And then I look back and I think there are times that it's been lifted.
1: That it's less heavy. Yeah, It's
2: less heavy. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There are still days that are really bad start of a new school year is really bad for me. Right. Obviously holidays. Halloween. I don't even know if he would be – last year I was like, I don't even know if he would go trick-or-treating. I wasn't sure how that would look. And so we escaped. We didn't stay home. Mm -hmm. But then I saw on Facebook that his friends got together and went. And I was like, okay. So he would have gone again last, you know.
1: Well, and with Halloween for us too, I think it's last year was the first year – I handed out candy again. Okay. I put stuff out. I mean. I didn't plan on that being a We used to one. just literally hide in the basement, all the lights off in the basement so nobody thought we were home. Yes. So that I didn't have to answer the door and hand out candy. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, and and trick-or-treating was done when Andy died. I mean, Peter probably still would have gone. I'm Guessing he still would have gone. I don't know because they had gone the year before, obviously, and when Peter was in sixth grade and Andy was in eighth grade. I don't know that Andy would have gone in high school, but Peter likely still would have gone. But I mean, when Andy died, it was just done. Yes. Yeah. And you feel bad about that too, about that.
2: Right. You know, even Christmas last year, we I did not want to be home for Christmas. I didn't know what I yeah. and so we planned to go to Arizona over Christmas. And I remember my daughter Olivia saying like Christmas was always our favorite and Dane because being the youngest he you know he kept everybody in that oh yeah the belief of all of Christmas and just the young
1: yeah I don't know.
2: And she said you know he prolonged the magic of Christmas for all of us.
1: Right. I'm sure he did.
2: And I, I agree, but then I was like, I put up, I did put up a tree, and I said, I, if you guys want this tree up, I will put the tree up here. I will get out the tree, but you will decorate it. Yeah. Because I'm not going to pull out all those ornaments. And so they did, and I put up his stuff.
1: You know, I still haven't pulled out the ornaments. I still haven't. You haven't? I know.
2: I, they put them away too.
1: Yeah, the first year... We didn't do anything and didn't do a tree at all. We went to see my family in Las Vegas. So we flew to Las Vegas Christmas Eve night. The, the next year, I remember asking Peter, do you want a tree? And he said he did, but he didn't. What did he say? He wanted a tree, but he didn't really want to decorate it decorated or something. I don't know. Sure. But what I did is I went to Hobby Lobby right before Christmas and all of their decorations were 50% off. And so I just bought that. Yep. And we put those up. And then in the years since, we've put up a tiny little artificial tree in our cottage up north, but not at home. Only the one year we did one at home. And and we've never spent Christmas at home since. Okay. We've not spent one Christmas at home because it's just too hard. You know, last year, last year, we, they were having a horrible ice storm up north. And I wanted to go anyway. And it was... It, and it was terrible. And We knew this horrible storm was coming, this blizzard. And certainly we could lose power and we were going to be up there. And my father-in-law was going crazy at the idea of us going up north and being there when the weather was going to be so bad and we could lose power. And then, you know, and then you have no heat. We had no water because we were in a well. There would be like, you know, it would be bad. And he just kept going on. He was calling my, my husband. He was calling me. And finally, I'm like, Jerry, you don't understand. I can't be home. Yes. I just can't. Like you, if we end up having to try to find a hotel or I don't know what we're going to do, just piling up in blankets in the house. I I can't be home. Yes, And he just like, couldn't understand that. Cause of course it wasn't practical to go, but you know, I, I, I just don't think people understand sometimes that no. what you can and can't do. Yeah. And this year we're still not going to be home. I don't know when I will, when we will ever be home for another Christmas. I don't know that we will. We were supposed to go
2: and that storm that you're talking about affected yeah. and we weren't able to fly out. And I was so mad. We, I had the kids open their presents like three days before Christmas. Cause then the next day we were going to fly out. And that night our, they said it was delayed. And I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. We can push it back a day. I don't care. Um, and then all flights yeah. canceled, like, the next three days, which left us at here on Christmas. And I was so mad. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? We did our Christmas. In my head, Christmas is over. And I was so dreading it. And then my friend Gretchen, the one that was with me when I found out about Dane, um, Her and her husband came over and we played. She made all these games and we played Dane Deer games. And her and her husband made it so fun. We just played games. And she had the kids like where they would flip a card and whoever had the highest card got to turn over a solo cup. And underneath it could be $25 gift card to Starbucks or it could be a grape. And so they didn't know what they were getting, but they all ended up with gifts from her and her husband. And it was such a blessing. Yeah. I was just so afraid. I was so afraid of that day. And then we made dinner with them and we didn't call it Christmas or it was just kind of like another day of hanging out. And I didn't have that pressure of trying to, I don't know, make it Christmassy or
1: yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing, isn't it? This yes. pressure that we end up, I think, as moms putting on ourselves to right. try to do it right. Yeah. I have found that, that I put this pressure on myself for holidays, for Andy's birthday, for, you know, the anniversary of his death, all that kind of stuff. I feel like I, I end up putting way more pressure on myself than anyone else puts on me. Yes. But I feel like, oh, I've got to do it right.
2: I know gotta do something i gotta figure out something i know i feel the same i know um i was having a really tough month kind of from the start of the school year up until just and just feeling like that heaviness needs to be lifted some like you know i i hate now hearing the bus go by our house in the morning knowing dane's supposed to be getting on the bus and yeah all of the you know all of the stuff i hear the stupid bus every single morning um there was one day I was going on a walk with my friend and I heard the bus go by and I didn't even realize it was like three twenty, and we, I was on the phone with her. We were going to meet up and I just went, Oh, that effing bus. And she's like, what did you say? I was like, I did not even realize. I didn't look at the time. I didn't know it was time. I'm like, I would never have gone on a walk knowing that stupid bus was going to be going right by my house and watching the kids get off the bus, because it comes right by our house.
1: Yeah. And what's funny is it never even hit her that that would be a problem for you, I'm sure.
2: Right. I know. Right. And so, (gasps) and you know, that was one of the things like I used to like, really make sure, like, okay, don't go out at this time. But then, you know, over time, you kind of like, oh, I lost track of time that day, didn't think anything of it. It was the afternoon, I was going to go on a walk, take the dog, call it, you know, do you want to meet me? We're on the phone with her. And I was like, how did I not realize what time it was? How did I let this happen? Like, that's such a trigger for me. I I just was like, oh, that effing bus. And she was like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know it was this time. Like, you know, I'm so good at protecting, I feel like. Yeah. When I know I the things that I can protect, holidays, you know. Then you have the ones that you
1: can't, if
2: you don't even know it's going to be a hard day. Right. Or I think I can handle something now. Like, oh, I think I could do that. And then I'm like, oh, nope. Turns out no. Turns out no. Yep. I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> or, you know, the, somebody will text me like, hey, let's get together and do something on Thursday. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sounds so fun. Absolutely. And then Thursday comes and I'm like, ooh. Monday Jackie thought that was a great idea but now Thursday Jackie can't do it so and that's finding those people who like
1: it's okay are safe people and understand yes um, that Thursday Jackie is a little bit different right because that is people cannot understand that I mean I think that's a common thing you know you you told me you could do it yes no and then you just can't I know and that's hard that's really Even awkward. like you know when
2: people are like we need to take a girls trip in, and they throw out like six months from now, and I'm that panics me because I just think, Ugh, I think I could do it right now, but I don't know what, I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. Mm-hmm. I hope I can do it, you know. And then it, that that's also a nervous, I don't
1: know. And like you said, it's so much different when you're with safe people. Yes. So I think back to you know, the very beginning when Andy died and we started going to our support group at Starling Ministries, and, and Gwen was the program director there at the time, and I remember her telling us, so in, like, a few weeks, we're having a hayride um, with the bereaved families. I know it's really early, and you certainly might not want to go, and you certainly don't have to go, but I just wanted to tell you about it. And, and, she, and what's funny is my response back, because she said, I know you don't, you don't know these people and you don't know that. And I said, oh, no, that would be the only kind of hayride I could go on. Like the only kind of hayride I could possibly go on would be on a hayride with parents whose kids have died. Yes. Families going through grief and loss. And she, what's funny is that I've later obviously gotten to know her really, really well. And she said that statement when I said that, it hit her so hard because she had initially thought, well, there's no way the Larson's are going to want to go on this hayride. But the fact that I said I couldn't do a hayride with anyone else right, just made you realize that like you just so desperately need the safe, safe people. And And that is the only hayride I could have gone on because it's the only hayride that it would have been okay if I broke down in tears in the middle. Yes. Right? And maybe, and it's cool that my kids could still go on a hayride, but it felt like a safe hayride because any other hayride, like our church has a hayride thing every year. Mm -hmm. I'm not going on that. Are you kidding me? I know. No way
2: I'm going on that. Because you sit down next to the random stranger or somebody you don't know well, and they're like, so how many kids do you have? Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to answer right now. I know. I don't know how to answer this question because one day I can say, I always say I have four kids and some days I can say, yeah, one of the kiddo- one of my kiddos is in heaven. And some days I leave it at four. Some days I don't even know what to say and I change the subject or I pretend like I didn't hear them. Yep. And I just don't want that question. I don't know how to answer yeah, it. I don't I like know. it. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Now I... I... I say all of them, and then and then my follow up always now, and this is just my easy follow up is, yeah, my baby's a senior in high school. I can't believe it, and and it changes the subject so quickly to like, oh my word, your baby's in high school. Then they usually don't even ask about the others. others. If yeah. if if you just say, you know, I've you've know, got three biological children. I have a foster son too. My baby's a, my baby's a senior this year okay. I didn't have to say anything about any of the other ones. And usually they just jump on the fact with that, but you know, it's, it changes all the time what you want to say. And what's what's funny is I recently had a conversation with some women and, and I was just getting to know them. So I gave my standard answer. And then a few hours later, somehow uh, the subject ended up coming up that I had lost a son and I said yeah you know if you notice when you asked me about my kids earlier all I said was my baby's a senior I didn't say anything else I said and that's that's our way of of telling the truth without telling everything so that we don't have to let it all out right. to someone that doesn't feel like maybe a safe person yes to say that too
2: you know, I just remember after, after Dane passed, you know, getting just letters from people or people reaching out different ways. And you know, sometimes I would get like a card from somebody and I would tell Rob, my husband, I feel like they know what we're going through. Something in the way they're saying, you know, and I, so many people then shared their story. Yeah. The, my favorite, favorite letter. And I still have yet to reach out to Dane's bus driver, um, his name was Dale. He wrote the sweetest letter and said he was never. He's an older man, older gentleman. He said he and his wife were never able to have children, but he said if we ever could have had children, I would like to have. I would like to believe that we, our kids, would have been just like Dane, because he was so kind, he was so sweet. And the day of Dane's funeral. He's buried outside of her outside of harrisburg a little bit his bus driver pulled off on the side of the road and had the flashers on as we all drove by right outside of the cemetery And i just think like i would have never known that my sweet little boy, like you know everybody knows what it's like to drive a bus it's like it would be my last the last job on earth i would choose to do i'd pick up people's garbage over driving a bus with middle schoolers you're kidding me yeah And just knowing that Dane was that, like, a light for him when he picked him up. He didn't know Dane's struggles. He didn't know Dane didn't want to go to school most days because he'd rather be home with his mom. He just saw Dane's kindness to others. I don't know. And I just think, like, oh, he didn't have to even write me a letter and tell us that, but he took the time because Dane meant something to him. Yeah. And, you know, when somebody sees the good in your kids – I think that's like the greatest compliment, right? Like as moms, we think our kids are pretty awesome. And that's how it's supposed to be.
1: Right, right.
2: Um, But when other people see that, and I just think like Dane had such a, he had friends. When I talk about him having friends, he had friends of all ages. Our good friends, Tim and Lisa, they, Tim introduced Reese or both Reese and Dane to fishing and hunting. My husband's not a big fisherman he's big into sports, but not like the outdoor type. Yeah. And Dane would text Tim. I mean, he's, he's our age. He's a, he's a 40 something year old man. And he would text him about his soccer games or like, he really just thought Tim was one of his friends, (laughs) even though he was a dad. And Tim would say he was one of my best buddies. Like we could talk fishing, would text him and be like hey when are we gonna have a fish fry and I'm like buddy you can't you can't invite yourself to somebody's house for a fish fry he's like mom it was just Tim I was like okay and you're texting Tim all right but he had that relationship with more than Tim like it just I don't know he's he was just one of a kind and sometimes I look back and I think gosh at 11 years 10 months this kid had life figured out. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't have life figured out at 49. Yeah. Yeah. He knew how to love. He knew how to make people feel special. He knew how to, from the driver, from the bus driver to, he could sit and talk with adults. He loved kids.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that he was just so open And honest with his feelings. He was.
2: He was so easy to love. And he was so easy. Giving love was so natural to him. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times he told me, you're the best mom ever. Yeah. We have the best house ever. We have the best family ever. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's how he looked at life. He made me feel like I was an amazing mom and I fell, I still fall short all the time. But with him, I felt like I was really doing something right. I was like, oh, I'm starting to figure it out by
1: number four. Only took four <laughs> kids, but I'm starting to figure this out, I think. I don't
2: know. He just made me
1: feel like. Yeah, it is pretty special, isn't it? I think our boys would be having an argument, though, about who the best mom ever was. Because Andy was pretty sure it was me. So it <laughs> was and, right. Like that's the, perhaps they're arguing about it in heaven. Who knows? <laughs> maybe they are.
2: I hope they are. And, you know, so I love thinking of that stuff. When I meet yeah. somebody new, the two new moms here that are recently bereaved, both, um, one of them did not know Dane, but one just passed away in July in a jet ski accident. And I found out after she passed, I had so many people asked me if I knew them, and I was like, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't even know of them. But it turns out their daughter and Dane were in sixth grade together in the same classes. And, um, they made this big mural on the wall and their daughter, Emmy, who passed away was one of them that helped make this mural. Really? And I just think, so when she passed, I was like, oh my gosh, dane, Dane's dane got a somebody up there that he, he knew, like, beforehand.
1: Yeah, one of his classmates, yeah. One of his
2: classmates says yeah. And it doesn't make it better for them, but. No, no, no. When, when we did go talk to them, she said, Dane's death impacted Emmy so much yeah and they had the same group of teachers that were amazing for dane and then this little briella who died from the um, dipg to brain tumor also had the same teachers really and she died the following february so those teachers went through it the next february with another student and then this little girl that just passed in july had all of them in sixth grade she was just finished her seventh grade year
1: yeah, you were telling me before we started recording. So I'm going to catch other people up that in your relatively small community, so not in all of Sioux Falls, but in just a smaller community that where you are, you've had a number of children die, starting with Alex. What did uh-huh. you say, five or six?
2: Five. Including Alex, there was there's six. There's been six. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought you'd said. I mean, that's just
2: all teenagers and under. Yeah. So all all kids. Yeah.
1: So, so hard. Yeah. I mean, but comforting that you can be there in some ways for each other, but so horrible that you have to be.
2: I know. You know, that's such a, when I when I hear about it, you know, and as soon as we heard about this, the, the little girl that passed away, Emmy, Rob and I were just like, no, 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 yeah. no. Like nobody should have to go through this. Yeah. I hate knowing somebody else is going through it and knowing exactly what they're going through at that moment.
1: That's it. Right. Because it brings you back there that all of a sudden you're there and you're thinking about what day one was like, what day two was like, what all of those things, because you know exactly what that feels like.
2: Having to plan a funeral when you're so broken and yeah, make decisions on stuff that you can't even like showering is a hard decision to make. And yet you've got to plan a funeral and plan Plan, plan, plan. You know, I just feel like, I don't know if you can see this shirt. Dane's teachers made oh. these, heavy these shirts made and they came up with uh, Live Like Dane. Live
1: Like Dane. Mm-hmm.
2: And he was a huge Seahawks fan. And so oh. he, they did them in bright green.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And then they've also come out with other like different colors. If you didn't want to do a Seahawks, like almost the following year, they came out with other. So just the fact that they're still remembering him a yeah. year later, but you know, they came up with it, the teachers and some of his classmates with live like Dane because that's, and then at the same time a, f- a good friend of mine was just saying like, you know, what would be really cool. She came up with it too. She was like, oh, remember I just said that live like Dane would be a really cool, like mantra, like, oh my gosh, we should all learn to live like Dane. And I was She's like, and now they're making shirts. And I was like, I know. So then we started Facebook page mm-hmm. and it's called live like Dane. And so Dane loved to do random acts of kindness. That was mm-hmm. his favorite thing to do when at Christmas, our church would like give us this little calendar and it would be like just little things that you could do every day for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loved the bell ringers at every store, Salvation Army even bell ringers. Yeah. And he, he wanted to bring coffee or hot chocolate to every single one. And some days I'm like, honey, I don't, we just did it. That the other store, like and we're not, we can't do it to every single bell ringer we see. And so then we decided to do a Facebook page and we made these little cards, a good, one of my coworkers actually made like little business cards almost mm-hmm. and with a QR code on it nice. and then they can scan. So you can do something for somebody, give them this card. And then I want them to like share about it, you know, cause I think in the beginning, you're like, what's something huge I can do to honor my kids. Do I do a scholarship? And I couldn't think. I couldn't, but I wanted to do something and it seems overwhelming. And I was just listening to your podcast. I think, I don't remember if it was just the last one or the one before, but like so many times you think like, well, I didn't do anything right away. So it's too late now. Right. You know, and we all know it's it's not silly, but it is silly because in those early, you don't even know what to do or how to think, but this kind of took the pressure off of me Mm -hmm. and onto other people. And so it just kind of, has taken off, it kind of, you know, has its lulls, but, you know, even something as simple as buying coffee and giving this just to make somebody's day or yeah. Dane's favorite thing back, back in the day, he loved to go to the red box. I think they were called a little movie.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. To get the called, movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was called red box, yeah. red box. Okay.
2: And put a, put cash and then popcorn, microwave popcorn on the screen. So somebody could enjoy popcorn in a movie. And he thought that was so cool. And that was another thing. Like he loved, he would always ask if we could do stuff like that. Or anytime I bought coffee for somebody, but he would love, he would crawl to the way back of our, and just like watch, try to watch the reaction. He's like, mom, don't, don't go yet. I'm like, honey, I don't want them to see me. The whole point is to be discreet. But he's like, no, I want to see if they, I want to see him if they're, if they're happy. I want to see. Um, so he just loved, he loves to love. And so that was kind of an easy easy thing for me to do was the Live Like Dane page. And my favorite is to just see somebody that has been impacted positively from this Live Like Dane page, so.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for sharing Dane today.
2: Thank you, this was.
1: And, you know, giving us all the little desire to live a little more like Dane. Right.
2: He was good. He was so good. And thank you for letting me share him. I was so worried that I was not going to
1: do him justice
2: and you made it so
1: easy. Oh, and you did do him justice. What a kid. Thank you. And
2: thank you for what you are doing. Your podcast has saved me and given me so much hope um, when I really needed it. So thank you for what you do also.
0: Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.